0: Five, four, three, two, one. Dexter Stuckey presents Industry, Industry Friends.
1: Friends. All right, guys, welcome to another edition of Industry Friends. I'm your host, Dexter Stuckey. I have in the building with me today Mr. Kavan Terman. Mr. Terman, I've known for years at this point he's the founder and creator of the nonprofit organization the brothers brunch he is he works at aim academy as the director of institutional advancement where he oversees an annual 25 million dollar budget and he's literally a mentor to every single person with a last name at this point <laughs> ladies and gentlemen kevin Tarman. hello 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 thanks for having me <laughs> not, not a problem Kev. welcome to the show i'm really excited to have you here hey
0: listen it's my pleasure
1: i'm um, happy to be here so I start off every show with kind of like a personal story, just like how I know the person and uh-huh. how I met them, if I do know them, if I've met them. Because I think as as I go on, it's going to be people that I'm meeting for the first time. But right now, this is somebody that I know. Okay. And I I don't I hope you don't remember this. I don't know if you do, but whatever. At this point, so we've known it. We're cool now, so it's fine. So <laughs> our first meeting, I, it was it was my sophomore year, or maybe my the second half of my freshman year. I was working in the uh, career services center, okay. so like people would come in all the time, and they would be like, "Hey, Dexter, join my organization, or you should hang out with us." It was it was cool, and there was this group of guys that came in, and they were like, "We're part of this organization, Dexter. You you should join it. Like you could meet people on campus. It's fun. Like let like come meet with us, whatever." And I'm like, "Yeah, sure." So. I give them my phone number and everything. And they text me and they're like, okay, come to this room. And I'm like, okay. I went to the room. It was McCrary at the time, which is a um, which is a dorm at Lincoln University. Kevin and I know each other from Lincoln University. So I go to the dorm and I'm sitting on the, like, I, I think, I don't know if it was a bed that I was sitting on or a chair, but I remember you were sitting on the bed. You know how like a college dorm is set up. And, and you know, like I was facing you and it was two other guys who so I don't remember exactly who they were. But you started to ask me questions about Your organization, which is PSU. The Uh, first question you asked me. I was wondering where
0: you were going with this. The first question
1: question you asked me was, what do you know about the organization? And I was like, oh, I don't really know anything about it. And then you were like, okay, like, why are you here? And I'm like, oh, because I want to join the organization. And you said to me, why do you want to join an organization that you know nothing about? Wow, and I sat there and I'm just like, uh, I was like, Ev. They asked me to come here, so I just came because they asked me to.
0: Wow. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Wait, wait, wait. I remember now. Well, I don't want to remember that. So I that's do not remember. good. <laughs> I vaguely remember. Wow. And, that's, and, um, and I was an administrator at the time. Yes, you were. Yeah. Yep, yep, and agree. I
1: remember leaving and thinking like that was like odd. That was weird. And then I said to myself like, Dexter, don't ever le- go to a place and interview or or talk to a person or anything without knowing who they are and why you're there and that's something that stuck with me like throughout my life like i never forgot that from that specific moment and i'm just like that's love and it's crazy because i would see you on campus like and stuff and i would be like let me just walk the other way because it's like (laughs) i I don't need anybody to remember that me in that like in that light and it it took me a while to grow from that but like that was definitely a lesson that like that's awesome thank you thank no thank thank you you. (laughs) um now with your position at aim academy can you explain exactly what that is and what, what do you do? What industry is it?
0: Well, the industry is uh, development. It's fundraising. It's a uh, pretty much I've done it all my life uh, for the most part, all my adult life. And it's really um, it's, it's interesting. I mean, it's not something you go to school for, per se, okay. although there are some colleges that will have a fundraising track, if you will. But it's something that you pretty much learn by doing it. It's raising money. It's endowment. It's scholarship. It's annual fund. It's uh, anything you can think of in terms of uh, anything philanthropic that is.
1: Okay, like, and that's the reason why I asked you that because I was really curious. Like, how did you get into that? Like, where where did it come from? Like you said, you don't you don't go to school for it. So how did you fall into this?
0: Well, sure, I think it's um. Now is now, now is my time to tell a story. Okay, <laughs> so I um I remember being at Lincoln University and uh literally I was the uh coordinator for student life and development. So I was working for Miss Royal. Uh, that was when Ziggy was right alongside of me, and it was it was it was a great position. But I was going on three years. And I remember the opportunity coming up to be—well, uh, the opportunity for alumni director, okay. which is development, essentially. So just to give you um, a point of reference, development pretty much is uh, the head, and there's two arms. One arm is alumni relations. The other arm is actually, like, the fundraising. So it's friend raising and fundraising. Okay. So alumni relations director position was open. and I'll never forget this. I— Uh, I said, you know what? I'm going to shoot my shot. I was young. I was 24 years old. And every alumni director that I ever knew of was pretty much older, Mm -hmm. you know, definitely 45 and above. And I said, listen, I have a good rapport with a lot of alums. I have a good rapport with a lot of people in general. I think it would be the perfect position. Now, mind you, I'm in student affairs, but I'm trying to jump over to alumni relations, if you will. And I applied for the job, and i never forget Making it to like the top position. Oh, okay. And the woman torn touring me around the school as if I didn't know what Lincoln looked <laughs> and saying to me, uh, "You are perfect for this position. It's okay. just that you are a young male." How old were you at the time? I was twenty-four. Okay. And um, I didn't understand where she was going with that, but she literally says, "You know, you're a young male, and we have an office full of women. Women, and I'm just think I'm just wondering if you will be a you would be a good fit hmm. now." Fast forward, I'm 40. Uh, had anyone ever mentioned my age and or my gender, you know, that would be a whole problem today. And if you're a woman and they did that to you, it would be like a fit, which it is crazy. It would a whole to, fit. You know, that's a whole, nother, yes that's a whole other interview. And a whole other podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that being said, I, um, I didn't get the job. Wow. I didn't get the job, and I ended up going to Africa, uh, which was on my bucket list, and living over there for about four months, and coming back and helping one of my fraternity brothers start up a school, and halfway through it i got a call from the vp saying hey i hear you apply for this job i heard your name come you know from another vp his name was dr bino mm-hmm. uh my colleague told me that you would be someone worth investing in oh and uh so at that moment uh it felt surreal and it felt right and it felt like my timing was like it wasn't my time at the moment but at that time it felt like the timing was perfect long story short i became The alumni director, Lincoln University's youngest. And from there, that just changed the, from a trajectory standpoint, just changed the course of my life. And that's how I got into development.
1: I just want you guys to know that like this is maybe the second or third podcast that history has been made here. We we let somebody know about some history. The youngest in that position. That's oh, a big yeah. deal. And that's another re- one of the reasons why I wanted to start this podcast because one of the things you said that really stuck out to me is that everyone in the position before was older. Yes. And that's one of the things that like I for the life of me I can't understand it that people who are older and they're working in these positions they do not give you these tools they don't tell you about it and i think i guess a lot of it is you know like job security for them but also like it it bothers me a little bit that people can work in a position and see you hungry and you want to do this. And they know at some point or another they have to go, but they will not give you the keys to that position. Oh, yeah. They will not teach you what you need to know. They will not be your industry friend, if you will.
0: No, they, they're they not doing that at all. And that's as of today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I, I think what it is is that times are changing and you know the generation is completely different and i'm by far i'm not a millennial if you will but i'm on the cusp yeah uh so Almost. <laughs> i do i do get it yeah. i do understand that there's no sense of delayed gratification with you know your generation mm-hmm. i'll I'll say um i love saying that by the way um but there's no sense of delayed gratification for some and I, and i get where uh the older people in these in said industries mm-hmm. Uh, I I get how they feel, but it's it's a shame because what's happening is, you know, and we have to we being myself and the millennials have to understand where they're coming from, Mm -hmm. because, you know, and it's very much my mom's age. And they they worked they literally worked their way up from the bottom all the way to where they are. are, And then we're going to college, getting a master's and we're stepping into the organization with expectancy and an expectation of just (laughs) uh, what I'm not going to do is be at the front desk for more than six months. What I'm not going to do is be a associate for more than a year. What I'm not going to do is be your director for more than two years. By year three, we want to pretty much have stock in the company. I want the corner office. Absolutely.
1: Now, what do you say to people? Because you mentor literally everybody that I know. What do you say to people? who have that expectation or have that mindset, like coming out of college? Like, cause when you came out of college, you worked at a bank. I did. And you worked at a bank and you were, see, I did my research. I did. You I worked see. at a bank and, and you were part of a developmental program. So like having that and being a part of stuff like that, like how do you explain that to people that you mentor, like younger people and people who ideally who I want to hear this podcast?
0: Uh, well, listen, I, I dropped gems and these aren't, these aren't gems that I necessarily, you know, uh, carved out myself. Mm-hmm. These were gems that people have, kind of given to me and and i i feel like oftentimes i'm saying in life sometimes you have to lose in order to win that's number one and i try to explain that when you're unpacking that statement you're saying you know right now it seems like you're losing but i promise you if you stay the course you'll win in the long run but you have to stay the course um so sometimes you have to lose in order to win and um you have to do what you um, have to do in order to do what you want to do, okay. period. And and I don't think people understand, like, there's always a dash. You know, you have a start date, and then there's that dash, and then you have, you know, your next opportunity. You still have to make sure that you are populating all the process. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? There's a process to get to that end, that goal. And I think, you know, when, you, when you're coming into an organization and you're not trying to, to respect the process, then ultimately, no matter how deserving you think you are, ultimately you're missing something. I can see that. Okay. You're missing something. So, you may get the promotion or get where you want to be, but it's different. So, for an example, I at Lincoln, I literally started as a tour coordinator mm-hmm. my freshman year of college. And I so my first job at Lincoln was tour coordinator. And recruiter. Okay, were I, you recruiting as a student? I re- no. I recruited out of out of Lincoln. Two years out of Lincoln, okay. I came back. Oh,
1: and the, okay. when I graduated, and that's when you were working in the admissions department.
0: I worked in admissions immediately. Okay, so from admissions, I went to uh, coordinator for student life and development. From co- coordinator for student life and development, I went to alumni director. From alumni director, I went to Um, assistant to the president. From Mm -hmm. assistant to the president, I went to um, campaign manager. From campaign manager, I went to assistant vice president. From assistant vice president, I went to vice president. I paid my dues, Mm -hmm. but I was still young. That's the problem. And that's why you weren't able to to move up. I hit hit a ceiling. I hit a ceiling, but it wasn't. That was set by somebody else. That was set by someone else, but that someone else or others Mm -hmm. uh, weren't progressive. See, see. Here's the thing: with every organization, you have to realize that uh, there's a cap. It may not be your cap, but people are only going to allow you to go as far as um, how comfortable they are. Okay, they're not gonna. You're not gonna go past a certain point because then you're you're getting to the, to what we're talking about. That ageism, ageism is real. Yeah, you know. So, how dare you sit on this board with me when it took me 50 years to get here? How dare you sit here as a vice president, as my colleague, when, you know, the average age is 60 and you're 35. <laughs> now, now,
1: what do you do when you because, you know, a lot of times we'll talk to people and they're like, They'll tell you how to handle a situation if you're the only African American sitting there. Like I've had that conversation with people every sure. single day. starts but, at home. <laughs> but I've never had exactly. But I've never had even even at home. I've never had anyone talk to me about the age limit. Like no one's ever talked to me and told me about your age being a hindrance. And 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 in some places, you know, it's 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 better to be younger. You know what I mean? Like that's all I've ever heard. Like you're young, you can do this. You can do this. Sure. But what would you say to people who deal with that? What you dealt with, like you dealt with ageism in a sense. What made you, and, and I know what you did, you left. Like you found something else to do. Sure. Now for other people who are dealing with that right now, like what would you tell them to do? Like what would be your advice?
0: Well, I don't want to sound cliche, but what I will say is always know your worth, mm-hmm. uh, but get out your feelings. Oh, I like that. So uh, there were, you know, it comes down to emotional maturity, and I think that I uh, I had a lot of emotional moments, and and I don't want to go down a rabbit hole, but um, you know, men, particularly uh, men of color, and emotions it, it's just that's a whole separate segment, mm-hmm. and 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 how we deal with things, and and how we're taught to deal with things growing up. So a lot of it, you know, it grew me up. A lot of the things, a lot of the no's and a lot of the you're not ready uh, statements grew me up. And I think that you have to respect the process to a certain extent. But mm-hmm. You have to know your worth. But more importantly, you have to get out your own way. So you have to realize that, you know, I'm going to push the envelope and I'm going to make it known that I'm worth being here. But let's be clear. You're you're only gonna get the opportunity once, twice, maybe three times to tell me no. <laughs> they strike rule. Because I there are other opportunities. And there are other opportunities that we living in we're living in a day and age where you can create those opportunities. I don't have to wait for you to promote me. I just have to be bold enough to go out there and create. Okay. So, you know, the bottom line is you gotta get out your feelings because most times you'll find yourself in a corner or talking to other colleagues, uh Basically venting as to why it wasn't fair or why did they do this to me and yada, yada, yada. And at the end of the day, nobody really cares.
1: That's true. <laughs> that is definitely true. Nobody I cares. That.
0: And that's the sad truth. Uh, you know, I, I was hung up, you know, each time I walked away from Lincoln, I left three times. And every time I came back to a larger position. But sometimes you have to lose to win. Okay. I never wanted to leave Lincoln, but I had to leave to in win. order to, to go to a University of Delaware who knew my worth. To go to a Gremlin State University, who knew my worth? You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. To go to a Wiley College, to go to like another school, into altogether for them to understand. Like, look, I do it here because I love it. That's the difference. And there's a difference. Okay. But I can do it anywhere in the world and and grow 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 to love an organization. You know what I mean? And represent them and raise money for them as well because I know my worth. That's good. You know what I mean? I was never defined by. Like wherever you work, and still now too, like you're like wherever you are, like you're still your own person. I am at Aim Academy, and I absolutely love it. Mm-hmm. I work with people who don't look like me. Uh, majority of the individuals I work with um, are not African Americans. Uh, we, but we, we're committed to diversity, and we are we are going the distance to to grow that. Mm-hmm. Um, but even from a diverse diversity standpoint, as as far as development as well, like development in general you know, um looks different at AIM. And and we're growing that and we're we're purposefully and we're very intentional about what we're doing at the school, but it doesn't define me at mm-hmm. all. You know, like and and I've opened uh my life up to certain people there where they know outside of AIM all that I contribute. Yeah. And that's the beauty in really growing friendships and professional relationships. Wow. wow um yeah i really liked it that was a lot but i do like it. no i mean i like
1: this is what (laughs) i want though i want this kind of advice not only just for me but for other people because you don't get it you don't get these open and genuine conversations like this like knowing your worth is super important oh yeah in any situation but especially like in the workplace like because that's i think you know when people talk about knowing your worth they always refer it to a relationship yep i know my worth in this relationship but nobody ever really talks about it from a work standpoint, unless they're talking about money, maybe like, oh, you need to know your worth when it comes to money. But it's bigger than that. It's like, you got to know how you want to be treated, know where you want to move to. Know what
0: you're going to tolerate.
1: Yes. Wow. Oh, OK. <laughs> I,
0: I, see, here's the thing. I think, you know, one. the question you asked uh, earlier was, what would I say to someone, mm-hmm. right? Who experienced what I experienced. And you have to, I think the only reason I'm so passionate about it is because I literally was out there losing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> I I, I was hired by a president to be assistant to the president, to write speeches, to travel, to do all the things that I dreamed of doing because I ultimately aspired to be a college president. And I sat outside the president's office for more than six months at the secretary's desk. Wow. I, I made coffee for the first time. I hung up Wait, coats. How, how old were you? I was well within my thirties. Really, really. You don't just don't strike me as the type of person that would do that. But I like it though. But I'm not. I'm so I'm not too big. I'm still a giant. Be clear. You know what I mean. Mm -hmm. But I'm never too big. And there were people that would walk in the office and they would, they would give me this look like, hmm, yeah, knocked you to your knees, huh? Like nah, bro. The only person that can humble me is God. But but understand, I'm going to respect the process. I didn't sign up to sign now. When I left that office, mm-hmm. I had an office with a nice view. Yeah. When I left, but again, I started literally the most. I called my mentor, and I don't mind saying this. Dr. Bynum is my mentor. Okay. and Has been my mentor since he's the reason why I got back to Lincoln, and I never forget saying, "Hey, listen, it's a great it's a great opportunity." And you know, I realized that I got to do what I had to do in order to do what I want to do. But this is the parameters. this is what I'm going to have to mm-hmm. endure. He was like, "I wouldn't do it. no oh, way really? no there's no in fact, he said there's no way in hell that I would do that
1: now. How do you deal with stuff like that when you when cause a lot of us don't even really have mentors, but when you do have a mentor and they're giving you advice that you don't necessarily agree with, how do you like in a sense like like how do you make a decision with that'cause like usually when you're talking to someone like you kind of want to hear what they sure. have to say and maybe even want to follow- want to follow what they're saying what do you do or what did you do in this situation where it's like, you know what, like, as your mentor, I'm
0: advising you against this. Sure. Uh, it's a great question. I think, uh, wow, I love the question. And this is why I love the question because I think that there's a difference between mentors and sponsors. Okay. Right? Uh, Dr. Bynum is so much more than a mentor to me. He's actually a sponsor as well. Like, he's, so the difference is a mentor, you know, a pair of lists will say anything, right? Mm-hmm. And, and and a mentor will talk you to death and tell you what to do and oh I think you should do this I think you should do that a sponsor however is someone that will walk you to the door someone okay. that will say um Dex I got somebody I want you to meet mm-hmm. like and, and i put my name on that that's a sponsor okay right but that's someone who's willing to put their reputation on the line because they believe in you right okay. so I needed to put it in the pro- in its proper context because at some point I had to grow up that's fair And you know, I've been offered a position. You know, at the time to go down there because he's he was at Mississippi Valley at the time. No, he was just transitioning to yeah. No, at Mississippi Valley Mm -hmm. at the time, as the president, and uh, I declined the position. um, But I was so grateful and so honored that he would offer it to me for sure, and uh, or offer me the opportunity to interview, right? And in the midst. When that opportunity came and I asked for his, you know, his thoughts, I had to I had to make my own decision. That's fair. Like for the first. So there was a time where he could tell me to do anything. And I'm like, what? <laughs> Absolutely. I will. OK. And then at that time, I had to be an adult and make my own decision. I had to say, you know what, uh, this is going to hurt a little bit. But I I see it. I see a vision. God is like steering me in a certain in a certain direction. And I had to just chalk it up, and I don't regret it. Good. I don't regret it. It, it really sucked, but I don't regret it. That's good. I, I like that. That's kind of what I wanted you to
1: say, because <laughs> because I've had that where I'm like I'm like uh they want me to do this, but I don't know if it's a good idea. So I, I really appreciate that, and I, I do what I do. I do what I want to do usually, yeah. but I do try to respect like you know like you said respect the process and respect people who are trying to help you.
0: Well, I'm raising I'm raising a son and a daughter. Uh, my son is twelve. My daughter is ten. And I have to be an example. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm telling them. So I'll tell you a quick story. My daughter, this is her second time going uh, going out for, like, the lead role in a play. And the second time, her not getting it. Okay. And for a little 10-year-old girl, that's devastating. Well, right? for a 30-year-old man, that would be devastating. So. Right. But you're more, one would argue that she would be more emotionally Nah, I don't chore. know about that. Right. But <laughs> but I, I I'm trying to teach her that. Oh, oh, they want they want you to do this? Oh, you have two lines? Oh, we're gonna kill those yes, lines. Yes. We yo, you gonna be the best, whatever yeah, she yeah. is, you gonna kill that. Yeah. And she's like, I'ma kill it. I'm like, babe, we're gonna go over these lines. When I tell you, like, when they when they put that spotlight on you, girl, <laughs> you about to kill it. And she's like, I'm gonna kill it. I'm yes, you are. The fatherhood goals. You are going to be the best. <laughs> Whatever yeah, there is. That I be. remember working for McDonald's at the age of 15. Me too. And my boss telling me to scrape. You know how um, people, for some reason I've never understood this, but will literally drop their gum out their mouth or spit their gum out, and it'll end up on the floor. And then you'll just see these black marks. Mm-hmm. Do you remember like? I know it. Yeah. See, now my experience at McDonald's is a little
1: different. I, I had the millennial approach. So when I went in, I'm like, I'm only doing cash register. I don't want to smell like food. I'm not <laughs> well, I'm flipping, not burgers. flipping those burgers. I'm not flipping burgers, and I'm never gonna ask anybody do they want fries with that. Those are my those are my standards.
0: Wow. So like, so See, I never I never had that experience. Millennials walk in telling <laughs> you what they're not gonna do. That's funny. Um, well, I did it all. I okay. became I was Calvin. I became crew trainer and the whole nine. But when I say I did it all, I literally used to take a flathead and scrape the gum. Mm-hmm and cuz it was hard it yeah. was black and it was hard and that like i never forget going home and saying mom they made me scrape like that was so humiliating people were walking in as i'm scraping the gum off the the tile in the in the foyer and my mom said <laughs> And, and you got it all up, didn't you? I said, you better believe it. There's no residue, nothing. Best, I even went over it. Best gum scraper you ever seen. Listen, best gum scraper you ever seen because that's hard, and you can't pay for that. I agree with that. You can't pay for that.
1: Now, you mentioned family, and that's I'm really happy that you did because although I don't have a family right now. You do have a family. Well, I mean, like, kids and, like, the wife and all that kind of. I don't have that currently. Sure. But, you know, eventually I'll get to that that place, and there's a, an issue in a sense of like, and I've seen that you've done this so many times, married, wife, kids, and all this stuff. And when you see an opportunity, you've taken it, even if it took you out of the country, out of the state. How do you do that? And also, like, for other people like myself who are experiencing kind of that same situation where it's like, I'm not seeing any growth where I'm at right now. I want to take the next step. Like, how do you, how did you do
0: that? How were you able to do that? Well, I think, um, I think I think at the end of the day it, it's one of those things where I did take those opportunities and I took those risks, but it wasn't something that it came with a price. So when I got up and I went to um went to work for Gramlin as their director Which of, is in Louisiana. It's in Louisiana. You're born and raised in Philadelphia. I am born and raised in Philadelphia. And and let's let's be clear, my wife was home okay. with two little kids. Yeah. So when I went to Africa to live for four months, I, I, w- I had just gotten married in 2005, oh. tripping. Bro, like I wouldn't tell anybody to do it. But um, let's be clear. So I, I, I appreciate the question, but I have to preface it by saying, you know, I took those opportunities, but it all came with a cost. Because, you know, I'm five mo- or so months into my, my marriage, mm-hmm. and what people really didn't realize was that I mean, who I marry, like, she's amazing. Yeah. Like, so she literally, she knew it was a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity at the time. Now I feel like anybody should should go overseas and should live in another you country can, at some point yeah, because yeah. you can. Um, but again, at the time, like, no one that I knew in my family had ever done it, and they were offering me the opportunity, people don't know this, to live in Africa for free. I didn't pay. I, I, I led a group of seven individuals yeah. to go over there, and they paid me, which— was different so they had this little I'm psychological sure. <laughs> test in the whole nine so I took the test to be a participant okay and then they came back to me and said well we actually think you would be well suited to lead a group that's amazing probably made a huge mistake I mean but it was a it was an amazing <laughs> opportunity uh but anyway that came at the cost right, right? <laughs> and uh um, my wife was home uh we didn't have kids at the time mm-hmm. but again we were newlyweds yeah technically so she you know we paid for that and um also you know when I went down south I did what I had to do because that's where the opportunity was, and in development you have to pretty much be flexible. Okay. But I did not want to move my family down there if I knew that it wasn't going to be sustainable. That's fair. Okay. So um, to answer your question directly, you know, it, it's it's um it's it, it it takes guts to get on a plane and move far away. Mm-hmm. Uh, period. But, period. Yeah. But I think that most of us aren't living. Like we're not living. Like we're we we all we know is like to your point, born and raised in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. So what? <laughs> like I've not lived in Phil I've lived in Delaware probably longer than I've really lived in Philly. Okay. You know, technically at I guess you, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know I mean? I've been in Delaware since I graduated from college. Okay. So, you know, and people feel like Delaware is like going to North Carolina. From, and they live in Philly And I'm like Well <laughs> what do you mean Like it's 45 people, minutes away Some people in Philadelphia Feel
1: like going to King of Pressure Is going to like Los Angeles So yeah, I, exactly. I get exactly What you're saying what,
0: what, I, what I mean by that Is that really live Like there's so many Opportunities out here So again I'm in development I raise money um, I'm where I am Because I want to be there But there, there are jobs All over the world In development And you can take them And you can take them now, But you I, have to get out there And take the risk And do Okay Now, I do something on the show called
1: What's Next, right? And usually I'll ask people, like, what's next for them? But I specifically want to ask you about your nonprofit organization, The Brothers Brunch. Yes. So I've never been to an event, which is bad on my part. You've been invited, though. I've been invited. Uh, I haven't made it to an event. But I've seen you guys do everything from volunteering to fundraising to brunches to traveling to Haiti. What exactly is The Brothers Brunch? How did it grow so much? And, And what's next with it?
0: Sure. Well, um, I can appreciate that question. I think oftentimes we uh, we take it for granted that, you know, we assume people know what their brother's brunch is. Mm-hmm. It's the brother's brunch. But, um, it's, but so it's, bigger, it's, it's, it's so much more. It's so much more than just brunch. Right. right. Uh, I've
1: never seen you guys flip an omelet, but I've seen you guys literally <laughs> do everything else.
0: Coming soon. <laughs> um, no. So the brother's brunch is 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 an experience. It's an, it's, it's an expansion of one's palate, if you will. So. Uh, it's not just an expansion of your palate from a culinary standpoint, but it really is an experience that focuses on cuisine, culture, and connection. And it's an experience uh, for men, you know? And it, it's one of those things where I have to back out of that question slightly just to explain that there's two entities to the Brothers Brunch, okay. right? Um, the Brothers Brunch has the Brothers Brunch LLC and the Brothers Brunch INC. So the INC is a fully five oh one C three operation and then the LLC obviously is the business side. Okay. So when I'm having these brunches and I have to charge people twenty five dollars, so on and so forth for that, that's a that's the business I'm entity funding the of business. it. <laughs> and um it really generally pays for itself. It's not like, you know, I'm I'm getting rich off of that. But I also go to colleges and I speak and that's those are paid engagements and that's the business side of the house. Uh now when we're doing Haiti and we're uh, going to the men's shelters and we're really pouring into the community that is uh indeed the nonprofit side okay you know when we're feeding individuals in home, the home homeless individuals uh, and those are passion projects but this is kind of uh when passion meets purpose okay. and and this is this is really setting the groundwork to ultimately work for and with myself uh you know and bring others you know i i like God to bless this organization so that I can bring others in the fold and I can start to provide other people with opportunities. So, um it's it, the Brothers Brunch has multi, it's multi layered. Mm-hmm. Uh it started off in uh twenty fifteen technically. I was having a birthday and I I wanted something tangible and I said, Wow, I have such a um an array of 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 brothers that I'm cool with, but they're from all walks of life. How cool would it be to bring them all to one table? Okay. Right. And so I accomplished that goal. So one 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 of my guys walked away with uh with a job. Like mm-hmm. He connected with somebody, and they they went in their own little direction. And people walked away with friends, and and these are friends of mine, yeah. but they weren't friends of each other. And then I heard from at least three or four of them, yo, we have to do this again. And before you knew it, the brothers brunch was born. That's beautiful. Um, so it's literally an experience. It's a it's a you know you come to one of our traditional brothers brunches, and we've done them in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know miami everywhere and what you're going to experience is, is 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 a high class experience but it's really a conversation amongst men mm-hmm. that's where the true value is it's not just you know the 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 um the plates and the the, the fancy napkins and all of that yeah. or the venues because it's always in a venue that uh we don't believe in in patronizing if you will um Mainstream restaurants, okay, like okay, Ruth's Chris yeah, right, or anything right. like that. It's always in a, um, it's an expansion of one's palate. Mm-hmm. So you you're going to experience a, um, a venue that you nine times out of ten would have never been to. I like that. Uh, so it, it it it's it's beautiful, you know. So we went from the traditional brunches to now we uh, go to colleges and we speak um, and we do all types of things in the community. And the latest venture. Uh, I want to make sure I answer your full question. No, was,
1: I love that you do that though, because a lot of people ask questions, and my and I want to get better at this. Like I do this thing where I ask six questions at one time, and I want all six questions answered. But so, like people are like, I don't remember what you asked me. But like no, I, I, I
0: love that you. It, you do it's that. that English major that kicks in. That 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 three point thesis, and <laughs> you know that intro, that body, and that conclusion. Mm-hmm. It it helps me through life. But what I will say is then the latest venture to answer the latter portion of your question is um, the podcast. Okay. And I'm super excited about the podcast. And um, I have, you know, my my trainer actually, um, Olin, he and I are actually getting ready to, um, we're going to be co host Nice. Yeah, it was going to be something that, you know, I, I thought about it. And I've been wanting to do it for a while, and of course, you know I have questions, so I'll be asking you. I'm here. Uh, but we're industry
1: friends; we can help each other with this. I met, <laughs> I
0: met, I did a, I did a brothers brunch with, with him. Okay. And we did. It was fitness and food, and we're so much alike, uh, business wise. Um, and him and his lady, you know, my wife and I, we literally went and we set the stage and we made magic. And what I'm learning in this life is that you can't do it all and you can't do it all by yourself. Sure. And um I'm fortunate to have him as a partner. So, you know, I'm calling him my sous chef and you know, Brothers Brunch. I like it. it. I like yeah, it. Yeah, and um we 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 we're gonna chop it up.
1: So to close out one of the things that in my opinion like life is basically a big puzzle piece yes. I look at it like we're all in different industries But if we put our puzzle pieces together, we can really create something beautiful Which is the reason why I wanted to create this podcast So like I want to know your puzzle piece if you had a piece and you can just drop it on the wall or drop it on that puzzle Anything that you like a piece of advice that you can give to someone or like a lasting a word that you would say to someone like what would it be?
0: Lasting word uh it's a word that was given to me by a former boss, mm-hmm. um, and I I just never, just like we started off with the story that that uh, how we first met. Yeah, uh, you'll never forget that. Yeah. So I'll never forget, uh, my boss. You know, I I it's the first time I spoke to hundreds of people in an audience, and and I've shared this with a lot of groups that I I go and speak to at at various colleges and things of that nature, but uh, I I had to speak to this large. Uh, you know, group, and the constituents were all alums. And my vice president and his wife were in the audience. And you could not tell me that I didn't murder it. I <laughs> killed it. And I was charismatic, and they were laughing, they were joking. Some people came up to me, gave me a check. Some people came up to me afterwards and said, wow, you know, it's always young man, you did a great job. It was always young man. Mm-hmm. uh, Just because they they were... Uh, I guess surprised that I would bring it, right? And um so I thought. And then I get to my VP's table and he says, "Good." That was good. Wasn't great, but it was oh, good. Oh Jesus. <laughs> and I said um I thought to myself like, "Yo, this this cat is hating, man." He's like, I mean, he's clearly in his 60s and he just <laughs> he wishes he were as young he as me like and as, as as you know, as on it, as me, but it's cool. I get it. I'll let him, I'll let him live. So he said, I mean, it was good. You know, it wasn't, wasn't great, but it was good. And I, so. Was that his voice? That's exactly his his voice. (laughs) And I said, you know, if you don't mind me asking, well, what was, so mind you, his wife is touching his shoulder and, 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 you know, calling his name and just saying, basically telling him, you know, let this, let this guy have his moment. Mm -hmm. And he says, "Well, no, no, no. You you want to know? I'll tell you. I'll tell you why it was it was good, not great." He's like, "Let me ask you what the uh, national um, average is for alumni participation." Yeah, just the way you're looking at me is the mm-hmm. way I was looking at him. <laughs> and I, I I said, "I um, <clears throat> I mean, I don't know, but I will find out. Like, I'll I'll get you that information before midnight." Mm-hmm. Like I was cocky as I don't know what. And uh, he says, "See, see." That's why it was good and not great. See, for some of these people who are, you know, hung up on the pomp and circumstance and they, they, they like the way you you're smooth and you laugh and you smile. Yeah. 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 All that that you you thought was great. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's good for them. But there are some people in the audience that are like me and they want to go beyond the surface. And I just don't want you to be all sizzle and no steak. Wow. That's what I said. But I didn't say that until three days later because because I was in my feelings for the for three <laughs> days after that. And so that is something that I will take with me for the rest of my life. And <laughs> this is another gem, right? One of my other bosses always told me to manage my own perception. Mm, perfect. I really, I really, really appreciate all that. the pleasure was all
1: mine, good brother. Thank you. Thank you, Kev, for stopping by. Ladies and gentlemen, Kevon Turman.
0: Uh where can they find you? What are your socials? Uh, socials. I should know this, right? <laughs> uh Instagram at the Brothers Brunch. Okay. Um, Twitter at The Brother's Brunch. Okay. Everything is The Brother's Brunch, and it's thebrothersbrunch.com, too.
1: Oh, look at that website. (laughs) Thank you again for tuning in to this edition of Industry Friends. I'm Dexter Stuckey, your host. We will be back next week with an all-new episode. Thank you for tuning in to this edition of Industry Friends. I am the host, Dexter Stuckey. If you liked what you heard, do me a favor and rate the show. Subscribe to the show. Review the show. Repost the show. Please tell your friends about it. I really appreciate it. Industry Friends, your audio foot in the door.
0: industry friends. friends. Industry friends.